Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, editor-at-large at The Block, and we have a very exciting episode of the show for you today. On the other side of the mic is our guest and friend, Alex Nabostovsky, CEO and co-founder at QuickNode. Sir, really appreciate you coming on. For the listeners who maybe live under the proverbial rock, QuickNode enables developers and businesses to deploy and manage nodes on various blockchain networks without the need for all that technical know-how. Um, before we dive into sort of everything that Alex is working on, the broader crypto market, got to take a minute to thank our sponsors. What's next for digital currency after a brutal 2022? While the core promise of crypto hasn't changed, digital currency is still forming the base layer for a new global commerce infrastructure. From merchants at the point of sale to corporations that want to pay suppliers and even employees more efficiently. Circle has always seen itself as a connector of the traditional world and the new world of digital currency. It's like building houses. What's the foundation and can you get the foundation right? Throughout Q1, I'm happy to host leaders from Circle here on The Scoop to give listeners the chance to hear how one of crypto's most prominent builders is paving the way for digital currency utility. Visit circle.com scoop for more information. Have you ever wanted to use DeFi without being seen? Railgun is a leading DeFi privacy solution on Ethereum. It's also a leading privacy solution operating across Binance Smart Chain, Arbitrum, and Polygon 2. And yes, that includes DEX trading. DeFi and privacy together at last. Visit railgun.org to find out more. This episode is also brought to you by Flare, an EVM-based layer one blockchain with secure, decentralized access to information from other chains and the internet. Flare's native interoperability protocols provide developers with a variety of high-integrity price and event data, including detailed transaction proofs from other chains and information from Web2 APIs. Build better and connect everything at flare.network. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and not necessarily those of the blocks. Podcast guests may have taken positions in the assets or other matters discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For full terms, visit theblock.co slash terms dash service. Once again, I want to thank Alex for joining us on the show, sir. Thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you taking the time. How's business? Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be here. Business is booming. Uh, we are helping, uh, you know, onboard so many new customers onto the platform. It's really exciting from from the growth perspective, from the the energy that that's currently in the company that's super electric, from uh, the growth of the team. Um, so it's it's just it's just an electric moment for us uh, in this down market. Believe it or not. So super excited. You guys recently announced a $60 million raise at a $800 million valuation, I think, a few weeks ago it was, although time in crypto is a bit misleading. I thought it was Wednesday all day today. <laughs> raise, yeah, that's correct. That close um, during more rosy conditions, how how did you get a raise to come together and maybe, I assume it closed like a few months ago and then you announced it. 
uh, more recently, but how did that race come together in sort of this more uh, thorny market dynamic? Yeah, sure. I, I think so. The, we closed in December, actually. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, so um, things were worse probably than they are now. Oh yeah, uh, you know, I think we kicked off the effort somewhere in September or so, um, and right in the middle of it, you know, the whole SBF thing. Yeah. FTX thing, if whatever you want to call it, blew up a lot among other things in the industry. And so quite some headwinds for us uh, trying to get through that. Um, but, you know, we are seasoned sailors. Uh, this is not mm -hmm. the first rodeo. And the company was really born in the last crypto winter. Um, so we are no strangers to these, uh, to these markets and to these cycles. Yeah. So what was sort of the growth story that you pitched to investors that you know, got them comfortable with investing, even despite these headwinds you're describing? Uh, number one, we had two record uh, quarters for ourselves, right? So we had both Q3 and Q4 record quarters for history of QuickNote in the down market, in the midst of chaos happening in the industry, uh, where, you know, we, we saw some developer pullback, if you will. Uh, but we saw, you know, enterprise uh, business actually have, more than ever uh, presence in the space and they're continuing to push forward. Companies are looking to build and expand and move into blockchain space and they're looking for a partner that's reliable um, and has solutions for them to enable their um, ambitions to move into, into the space quicker. And so we put those uh, you know, tools and solutions together for them and, and they were able to accelerate their migration or added their desire to, to, to go into the, into the blockchain space, even in, in, in the midst of crypto winter. So I don't think there's a place where, you know, uh, some of these big Web2 giants or some of these funded projects, et cetera, said like, well, you know, we're going to sit on the sidelines uh, and see what happens. Um, I, I think we're seeing this across any industry today, whether it's real estate or whether it's your, you know, your car title on a blockchain or what have you, uh, or, um, you know, LVMH is a brand, et cetera, moving and, and, and utilizing blockchain uh, for their own specific purpose. Yeah. And, you know, we saw recently data come out of Electric Capital that indicated that the sort of growth of the developer community across different blockchains is not necessarily slowing down. It's been increasing despite the juxtaposition with down prices in crypto. And that's probably being driven by some of these players. If I'm looking at the list of clients or partners with which you've collaborated, there's a number that come from outside of crypto. Um, I, I hope this list is accurate, but I'm seeing Twitter, PayPal, Adobe, and then, of course, the usual crypto uh, names, Coinbase, OpenSea, Magic Eden. When you think about that, the former grouping of companies, what are they doing in crypto? What, what projects are they working on that would require the tooling that your firm offers? Well, I mean, a lot of them, so you have, you, you, you've mentioned a bunch of different uh, companies there. So some of them are utilizing or leveraging the NFT technology, uh, whether it's through the market, you know, having their marketplace like Adobe does, for example, or um, like the other ones, some of the other ones you mentioned that have their 
uh, other business with us, whether it's infrastructure or powering their wallet or powering their PFPs or what have you. So everybody has their own use case, but they all have one thing in common. And they need a reliable infrastructure provider. Uh, and they need a partner that could guarantee them availability to, to the blockchain data. And we provide that. And so some of these guys are using our NFT API uh, to power their uh, or, or in many cases, get to a different chain quicker or build on a different chain quicker using our APIs. And some of them just need really fast, reliable partner for their services. Um, so different use cases, uh, but I think the NFT technology, the NFT offering allowed a lot of mainstream companies, Web2 companies come in and, and sort of lay, lay down the foundation, a bridge, if you will, into Web3 space. It's interesting. It's reminding me of a conversation I had yesterday with a a new founder in the NFT space. We were talking about how it's like, and Alex, you're you're closer to this than anybody, but would it be safe to say that NFTs aren't really in a bear market, or at least being gripped by the bear market to the same extent as the broader? crypto token space. I mean, it seems like, and these are the words he used because I have notes, things are popping off. Are things popping off or is that a bit, is he a bit too uh, overexcited? <laughs> um, look, I, I can't comment on the speculative market of the JPEG NFT, if you will, uh, whether they're popping off or not. Um, I know for, for one thing, the amount of need for the NFT technology and NFT APIs, NFT data is grown on our, on, on our platform uh, by, you know, a factor of, let's just say, 5x or what have you every quarter. And because of that, I think there's definitely a lot more activity, uh, a lot more people using the tech, whether it's for JPEGs or what have you. Um, but I think, you know, recently you, you saw announcements of different um, uh, states even utilizing um, blockchain for, to issue car titles or issue uh, land titles on the blockchain. And so like, I think there's a company called Proppy or something like that, that, that allows you to buy a condo or a house by buying an NFT and an auction and things like that. And so, um, or there's a company like Alfa Romeo who has the new SUV that's connected to, um, to, to one of these blockchains that allow you to record all the records of the you know of the car service oil changes mileage and what have you uh, onto the blockchain and so you know it's a very i don't think things are slowing down per se on the on the implementation or on usage um i think quite the opposite we're seeing quite the opposite we've seen um the demand for the technologies is increasing um week by week feel like I'm noticing more Alfa Romeos in the United States than before. They're becoming more popular. Yeah. Kind of tangential. Are, are they not owned by Fiat or no? I forget. I think so. Was. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They're nice Didn't cars. Didn't Fiat buy Chrysler? They did. Yeah. Like I think in like 2012. Yeah. Let me check. So we, we're probably going to see that in, in the near future. We're going to see most uh, records for whether it's vehicles, yachts, or what have you. Um or maybe even report cards, you know, think about it like that. You know, when a college kind of want to see your performance over the last four years in high school, what have you, 
um, what if your report cards were NFTs? Then you can't really like fake them. Can't like, you know, yeah. change the F into an A. <laughs> what about a title company for, for a condo? <laughs> you know, like, do we, do we really need to pay them so much money to close on a condo or a house? Or can we just look at it, look at an NFT and say like, well, or, or, you know, uh, there was, there were some loans being taken out. This is the actual person, et cetera, or a car, any kind of titling. Um, so there's a lot of use cases that are currently moving. There's a lot of companies rather that are moving into the space for these specific reasons. And of course, let's not forget about the creator economy, right? Mm -hmm. More and more content is moving into ownership of the creators rather than these big four, you know, whether it's Facebooks or what have you. Um, and this, this is a, this is a great, we are in a great time to, to allow this to happen. Uh, so we should embrace it and enable companies. And this is what QuickNote does. We enable companies and developers to move into the space quickly without really focusing on building their own tools, indexing their own NFT collections or what have you, because we have this all done for them and they can start working on a platform within minutes rather than days, weeks, months, what have you. So how could you help a state government move their, you know, car titles onto the blockchain? What, what are you providing them that makes it more seamless? Well, I mean, let's look at the state first. <laughs> it's a, uh, it depends which state we're talking about. But I mean, in reality, we, we're not working with any state states today. But in theory, if a DMV of Florida mm -hmm. decided to issue their titles on Ethereum blockchain, Solana blockchain, Polygon, what have you, uh, we would allow them, number one, to use our minting services to mint those NFT, use our APIs to, to build a solution. And access to to the data that they could read and verify things on on the blockchain that actually um, whether or not it belongs to to this user or to to the citizen or what have you. So we will we will speed up their their development time most likely uh, by more than fifty percent, and advise them in the process too. I saw a headline this morning that I think speaks to I, I don't know like what category this would be. Maybe it's enterprise blockchain, which you know was the the big enchilada of the space back in 2016, and then kind of disappeared for a while. But we just saw Intain launch an avalanche subnet for asset-backed securities. To your point, there's a whole long list of different companies that are you know really diving deep into NFTs, and while it may not be translating into higher token prices, there's no doubt that all of this development work is being done. And so I, I feel like that's, that's good for your business. What does it look like on the inside? Well, I'm not, do you know the project's name or? Yeah, you know, uh, just generally speaking, but this, this company is called Intain. They, they launched some platform for trading asset-backed securities on an avalanche subnet. So, I mean, Avalanche is one of the blockchains, obviously, QuickNote supports. Um, the team is, and we've seen a massive growth on, on, on that ecosystem since ever we integrated that. Um, so we would provide a company like that without knowing what they do, of course. Um, mm -hmm. Really able to use our APIs or our caching layers to, to, to get accurate data from the blockchain or... Uh, perhaps 
other way to interact using our, our APIs within their own app or DAP. Uh, so we were enable them to do that with, because the other way they would have to set up their own node, uh, think all the data, make sure the client is up to date, uh, figure out how things work. This could take weeks, uh, if not months for a lot of teams and have their own DevOps operation inside the house. And rather than focusing on, on what they're trying to establish uh, on their roadmap, now they have to deal with infrastructure headaches and pain points. And we solve these pain points for these companies. So you raised $60 million. What do you plan to do with that money? Well, you know, QuickNote is known in the industry as the fastest provider in terms of latency and speed and the most reliable. We're able to guarantee 99.90% uptime. And so for us to, to continue to innovate in the space, continue to push the boundaries and go into the adjacent industries to understand what customers do, how can we, how can we help our customers uh, store their data or deliver their data in a different way and what have you requires uh, a lot of engineering. And so mm-hmm. uh, most of that money, a good chunk of that money will go towards growing our engineering team. Um, we will spend some of that money to um, get local presence in Asia, in APAC region, uh, and our presence both locally and boots on the ground and uh, marketing efforts, of course. And of course, double down on our growth here in the United States and, and Europe. And then, of course, we, we're, going, we're about to announce our, our fund. Uh, we will be investing uh, into projects that we really like. And so uh, that, that's really exciting and interesting because, you know, there are so many really good, smart people, innovative people in this space right now. They just need a little bit of help to build amazing things. And so we're already helping them today by allowing them to use our guides, our free tier plan, our platform. Um, but sometimes they need to hire, you know, a developer or what have you. And so our, our, our efforts to, to, to power some of that innovation uh, will come to life in the next few weeks. So what type of projects are you already fielding, uh, DEX? What, what sort of the concentration in terms of maybe the category um, you're seeing among these, these entrepreneurs with whom you're, you're possibly going to partner um you know there i think the, the biggest sort of space that we've seen develop after the ftx fallout is a lot of folks focusing on the wallet space a lot of folks focusing mm. on uh, DeFi space you know now your token or now your coin uh kind of thing and to solve that um and so you know there needs to be that critical infrastructure provider to help them. And, and we've seen a lot of growth in the DeFi space still, and people moving away from the CeFi space. Um, then we've seen folks that are taking a different approach on, on using the, the technology that, uh, such as NFT um, or uh, some of the uh, solutions that they're currently working to solve on in the government space or different industries. I mean, we have different industries that are, there are folks in the gaming industry, for example, and we've seen a lot of gaming companies pop up right now and becoming our customers um, as more uh, in-game, in-game rewards and items come available. I think we're, uh, this year is going to be one of those years where game, gaming companies will shine and a lot more business from uh, that sector will move on to the blockchain. Are they already starting to reach out to you and, and potentially look to onboard as a client as they build out those capabilities? What's the... 
who's knocking on your door, as it were. <laughs> is there any knocking? Or is uh, we, it more of a light, like, you know, tap, tap? <laughs> no, no. There, there, we, we have been working with several uh, gaming companies already and new ones coming into space. Analytics is another big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think analytics, is there, whether it's uh, Chainalysis, who's our customer, who's working with governments to provide, to make sure they're, you know, to combat some of the fraud and extortion and things like that, get, get into that data. Um, there are companies that style for a lot of that, you know, um, doing analytics is another one. Um, and so really excited about that uh, because transparency is key here. Uh, I know with the current sentiment in, in the industry, there will be some regulations that will, come in, will be coming down specifically from the U.S. government. I'm not really entirely sure the U.S. government quite understands the technology. Like if you think about this whole thing that they just recently released, DOJ is going to go after Google for their ad space. I mean, it's, it's quite crazy. Like they're, they're, they're going to try to reverse a deal they made 10 years ago, you know. And so I, I, think, I think we just need more advocates in the government or more educators in the government to, so, so they understand the full picture. Um, so there's no heavy-handed regulations coming to the space, which will eventually kill innovation. The core promise of crypto hasn't changed. Stablecoins can bring faster payments at internet scale, from merchants at the point of sale to corporations that want to pay suppliers or even employees more efficiently. Circle has always seen itself as a connector of the traditional world and the new world of digital currency. USDC is more than just a stablecoin. USDC is also an open source platform. When our transactions are actually final and you can't change them anymore, that's another great quality property of cash because when you switch as hand, it's final. Right? Can you digitize all those good quality properties and bring that in a digital form? USDC by Circle is at the forefront of this innovation. And that's why The Scoop is partnering with the folks at Circle to tell you guys why and how our industry is moving. A lot of us who have built USDC, myself included and Jeremy included, we are technologists. So we approach this problem from a technology point of view. Visit circle.com scoop for more information. Have you ever wanted to use DeFi without being seen? Railgun is a leading DeFi privacy solution on Ethereum. And it's also a leading privacy solution operating across Binance Smart Chain, Arbitrum, and Polygon too. Shield your funds and use them privately on your favorite DeFi apps. Railgun's cutting-edge zero-knowledge system encrypts your data from public view. And yes, that includes DEX trading. DeFi and privacy together at last. Visit railgun.org to find out more. This episode is also brought to you by Flare, an EVM-based layer one blockchain with secure access to information from other chains and the internet. Flare's state connector acquires detailed transaction data from blockchains and information from Web2 APIs in a decentralized way, so it can be used securely, scalably, and trustlessly in applications running on the network. Paired with the Flare Time Series Oracle for decentralized price and time series data, Flare delivers a developer focused blockchain with secure native access to more off-chain data than ever before. Build better and connect everything at flare.network. What's the sort of bull case for crypto gaming? What do you think will lure traditional game companies into the market? 
Um, you know, many of us play different games. So imagine you're playing Call of Duty and you got this really cool gun uh, and you paid a lot of money or you spent a lot of time for it, what have you. And you want to take this gun into a different uh, first-person per- shooter game. You'll have the capability to log in with your Web3 Web wallet uh, and have this gun in there. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I think on that level, people want to own uh, what they paid for or, or what they want to achieve, what have you. And this, I think this enables them to do so uh, rather than, you know, some, some, some gaming company in control of, of, of players' fates. Uh, so that's really exciting. The other industry, I guess, like if you look at the airline industry or credit card industry with the whole point system, um, mm. you know, I, I think there's a lot of that's coming in, into the play as well. Uh, so we're seeing that. And then, you know, there's your traditional banking, you know, uh, I think we're going to see a lot more settlement. I think JP Morgan recently settled some um, big transaction on, on chain. Um, and so we, we're going to see a lot of, a lot more of that happening. Uh, perhaps at some point replacing Swift. That's a big call. Yeah. Well, Jamie Dimon said, you know, he believes in the underlying blockchain, not necessarily Bitcoin itself. The, underpinning technology (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i think i think you could have you know jamie jamie diamond uh has been both pro and against uh bitcoin for quite some time and that's okay too you could you know i think a lot of intelligent people will change their minds uh, once they have more facts and and use cases so i think we could still win that one (laughs) well you know it's interesting though for your business though you know you kind of you get the best of both worlds, right? Because you, you, there are customers that believe in public blockchains and tokens and crypto that will need to use your services, and then the you know blockchain, not crypto camp, also might need to rely on your services, even if they're not believers in Bitcoin itself. So you you get to kind of play both sides. Yeah, and some of them are forced to use the technology because this is the evolution of the internet. This is where things are moving. Like if you think about like the big, in the United States, the big four um, accounting firms, you know, E and Y, what have you, mm-hmm. uh, they they will have to do audits, right? Like, and they're so so they're sort of forced to use the technology because their customers are using blockchain, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. In terms of the firms and projects that you might back like for you what what do you look for in a founder what type of attributes and traits and maybe what do you look for in like the business model that is attractive um you know it all starts with people right it's it's Mm -hmm. especially in the beginning and so um in the founder you know someone has really good understanding of space somebody that has a good history of executing on their ideas uh, somebody who's high performance owner takes a high performance ownership uh, doesn't take it lightly rather mm-hmm. um, and somebody who's determined uh, you know just like us we were in 2019 we were in Lisbon uh, during the web summit there were a lot of founders a lot of CEOs rather saying like hey guys you you're way ahead of the you know the time nobody needs the decentralized database you should just stop and focus on something else etc and so, like, we plowed through that noise and we, wanted, we understood that there, the need for the infrastructure for the development technology will be necessary, especially what we saw in space. And so what we're looking for in founders, if somebody has a vision, 
has a plan to execute, who, who, who is uh, determined to make sure that they succeed, um, and of course, has a good plan to go along with it, right? So what do you think keeps, what, what kept you going during that, that time? I think, you know, sometimes during the ICO craze, uh, we had Taylor from uh, Maitha Wallet reached out to us and, and mm-hmm. she, she asked us for help because she said, look, um, we have like 12 nodes uh, with AWS or I forget which, which cloud provider they used and they're all overloaded and down. And so with, when we looked at the, the problem to try to identify and come up with a solution, we understood that the folks that were building in the space are not really infrastructure minded. And so they, they, they just wanted to execute on their vision rather than focus on infrastructure. And so for us, it was like, all right, we have built a, a CDN company. We have built a network. We have built data centers. So for us, the, the natural progression was like, well, you cannot, number one, you cannot focus on having all of your business married to a single cloud provider. Like QuickNote uses eight different cloud providers today. A lot of our peers or competitors, wherever you want to call them, uh, married to probably AWS or one of the one of these other platforms. Two, you know, you have to think about scale. You know, what does that look like at scale? Like, if 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 your project is doing, you know, ten requests a day, a thousand requests tomorrow, a million requests a day after, a billion, a trillion, what does that look like at scale? And so you have to plan plan for that. And I think you know, for us, we we saw a void, and we we saw a way we could help to bring expertise into space, having been building for the last 20 years, infrastructure companies, solving for low latency, solving for 100% uptime. All these things are really important in the CDN industry. And we wanted to bring the know-how to the, to the space. And I think we will achieve that. What was probably the most difficult moment for you during the last bear market? And how did you overcome that? I've uh, seen some of the projects uh, who were interdependent or dependent on some of these players that went out of business go under, not to their fault, mm-hmm. uh, knowing the founders and, you know, sort of being sympathetic to that and wanting to help. I think that was really difficult because you, you see how much time, effort and, and, and dedication these founders put in, into these projects and just to be ruined by few bad, few bad actors. So I think a lot of folks have learned. Um, we have certainly learned from this a lot. And, and I think a lot of folks in the space have learned. So it's, it was difficult to, to, to see the, some of these great companies or great projects or pot- potentially great projects. Is there a way to isolate yourself from, from that fallout? Um, I think we're, we're already doing that. You know, we're not dependent on any cloud provider. Mm-hmm. We're not, we don't have any dependencies on a specific company, whether public or not mm-hmm. uh, today. And what we are building is going to even further introduce isolation from, you know, whether it's regulations uh, or what have you, uh, to a specific government or not. Um, so it's important, I think, for a lot of folks that are building in the space to pick a partner that is minded of what the future looks like. What happens if, you know, I don't know, let's just say some government decides to, say, to, to order AWS or, you know, whoever, GCP, not to do business with uh, Web3 companies or crypto companies, et cetera. What happens to some of these projects that are great, are solving problems for people every day? Um, will they disappear or, or are they going to pick a partner that has capabilities to, uh, to still power that project? So in terms of like the interest, the business pipeline for you, 
what what does it look like right now? Is it is it stronger than it was last quarter, or has it leveled off? Uh, quite the opposite. Uh, I think just today we we signed like four enterprise deals, and today's last last day of the month. So our go to market team, our sales team, uh, has done an amazing job. And you know, um, as you go up to up to sort of uh, up the chain in some of these companies, as the bigger they get, the more difficult some of these onboarding processes are, with legal and SLAs and what have you. Um, I think we're doing a phenomenal job. We've learned a lot. We've we, we've uh, we've developed a process over the last few quarters how to execute better, more be more efficient, and how to deliver solutions to these guys out of the box. And, and I think this enables us to do what we're doing today, to onboard faster and allow folks to get to market quicker. And what, what categories are those firms in? What are they looking to do with your services? Um, very wide range. DeFi, um, some of the banking industry, financial industry, if you want to say, like traditional financial industry, um, auditing industry, Mm-hmm. Um, NFT industry. There's a lot of. There's still a lot of demand for an NFT solution, and you know we're able to provide that right out of the box for, mm-hmm. for a lot of these customers. You know, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Again, like going back to the you know earlier in the show, I I, th- I feel like the you know there's a long list of companies that are still interested in leveraging nfts the airline miles aspect was fascinating i haven't thought of that um but just you know points in general loyalty rewards i feel like there's a huge opportunity to sort of bring that on chain have that sit in a wallet um and kind of leverage that you it. control yeah that you control that you, that, that's the important part yeah you know tomorrow it's you know Air Canada is not going to get bought by, you know, whichever Singapore Airlines and your and your all your points disappear. <laughs> um, the other thing is events, you know, like it, it's a big thing, you know, like if I have an NFT, if I'm a member of some sort of um, NFT club or, or you know, let's just say we're in Miami, Miami Heat NFT pass, I'm able to, to access certain lounges or experiences in, while I'm in the stadium, while I'm at the, at the game. You know, this, this is a seamless uh, process that allows you to do that. Um, so I think a lot of folks uh, are looking towards that that space and that solution. Collectibles, you know, is another one. Yeah. What are your expectations for collectibles? I, I think we're we're going to see more and more collectibles, you know, offer NFT uh, counterparts, uh, whether the documents of authenticity or collectibles being both in physical and you know on Web three form. Uh, in the form of NFT or what have you. Uh, we're already seeing this today. Uh, we're already working with several large players, uh, helping them explore and, and power some of that solution. Okay, walk me through what you're most excited about in 2023 that you're building at the firm. Well, we are most excited, especially in the bear market. We are we are very excited about reducing some of the costs for for our our, our customers and the industry overall. Uh, we're also excited about launching uh, more educational content to educate more people, whether they're not our customer, mm-hmm. to come to our site uh, to 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 dab experiment with different uh, technologies and start building. Uh, we're excited about. Um, well, maybe I shouldn't. 
I don't, I don't, I don't think we're ready to announce it. Um, we're excited about some of the, some of the projects we're about to release, uh, specifically, uh, focused on, on the both developer and, and, and company pain points that, um, that make things easier, uh, and make things less expensive, uh, to, to start a project on. If you look back at 2000 or dot com bubble or what have you, mm-hmm. whichever companies came out of that time, uh, these are your AWSs or what have you, those companies became very successful. And so we're excited about for, for the turnaround uh, of this space and companies that have succeeded, that have stayed afloat, that have continued to push forward to become leaders in the space. And we're excited to power them. How do you prevent um, an AWS or Google Cloud from stepping in? And, and, and as, as well as your competitors, how do you pre- prevent them from coming in and eating everyone's lunch? I think on the major cloud providers front, um, you know, do you, as a company, you know, block.com, say you're, you're, uh, you're offering some sort of service that, that is, you know, end user is, whether it's NFT marketplace or what have you, to rely on one specific provider, or do you want a solution that is multi-home, that is multi-cloud, that is not dependent on any kind of uh, single platform, whether it's outages or, uh, come, uh, you know, come dominate the space. There's a lot of companies in that sector that you've mentioned that will package in different things then, uh, for free and then allow, uh, the smaller companies go out of business. Um, and so like, I think that the, the thing that I'm trying to get to is trust. I think the developers in this space don't just don't have the trust to go with one of these big giants. Mm. Um, as you saw in, in a cloud space, uh, you know, DigitalOcean was born to compete with AWS and Azure and what have you, and they have succeeded. They went, you know, they went public and IPO'd, and they're growing uh, at, a, at a rapid clip still. And so, um, I, I think that plus these big giants are very slow to move. Um, my CEO Jackie, from she's formerly from uh, both DigitalOcean and AWS. You know, she, she, she'll be the first one to tell me like, Hey, these guys are super slow to move. Mm-hmm. Whenever they make a decision, it takes a long time. And you know, what we have been building is trust. What we have been building is solutions from customers feedback. What we are building, what we are releasing is constant feedback from these customers. Um, so, you know, they have some catching up to do, uh, but we are not really concerned. Not concerned. Well, we can leave it at that and hopefully. You will continue to fend them off, sir. (laughs) Alex, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Have a good one. Once again, we've been joined today by our guest, Alex Nabotovsky, CEO and co-founder at QuickNode. Where can our listeners learn more about you and what you're working on? Just uh, come to our site, quicknode.com. We have a lot of exciting uh, educational guides for you to to come experiment with, to... um, to launch your first maybe Web3 project, to, uh, you know, to use our platform. Our platform is free to start. Uh, we have a very happy free tier that allows you to just dive right in. Mm. And so we'll be happy to help you. There you have it. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. Have a great one. Cheers. Let's get some building. Back to building. And The Scoop will be back for you again with another great guest. Have an awesome day.